This is Quiet Fire, a program on the spiritual life of Abraham Lincoln and its relevance to us today. Welcome. This is Duncan Newcomer. Here's a Lincoln quote for you. May my right hand forget its cunning and my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth if ever I prove false to those teachings. This is a sacred quote with a secular tweak. Lincoln is quoting from Psalm 137. We may know this psalm best from musical versions that feature the words, How do I sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Lincoln is using the powerful poetry of this psalm. It proclaims the Hebrews' faith to remember, even while captive in Babylon, Jerusalem. Bible words would often spring to Lincoln's lips. What faithfulness is Lincoln affirming here? The teachings, and that's the word he substitutes for Jerusalem, are the words of the Declaration of Independence. He is not in exile in Babylon, but he is in imminent threat of assassination. His courage in the moment is to affirm that his faith is in the idea of America. Like the singers of the psalm, both he and they are in dire straits. It's Thursday evening, February 21st, 1861, and Lincoln is in Philadelphia on his over thousand-mile train trek to Washington City to be sworn in as the 16th President of the United States. Despite the danger, he is outstandingly calm and resolute. He is in Philadelphia because he promised to be there. The next morning, it will be George Washington's birthday, and he will be raising a brand-new American flag a new star for the state of Kansas, affixed on a field now of 34. At noon that day, down from Maine, also in danger, are his vice president, Hannibal Hamlin, and his wife, Ellen. They will be secretly blanketed up in a sleeper car and yet left unrecognized by hooligans breathing death and whiskey. Meanwhile, Lincoln is pledging his faith in the teachings and principles that came out of Independence Hall in Philadelphia, as he will remember 84 years ago. He says this is a sacred hall. He has said Americans are God's almost chosen people. And he will say also spontaneously, I would rather be assassinated on the spot than to surrender loyalty to the Declaration of Independence and to the principle of equality enshrined. He will testify with these words, I have never had a feeling politically that did not spring from the sentiments embodied in the Declaration of Independence. All the sentiments I entertain have been drawn from those which originated and were given to the world from this hall. He has, in a way, pondered this moment all his life. When he was ten years old, he read in Grimshaw's history about the American Revolution. He had wondered even then what extraordinary something was going on in these events, what mysterious power or truth or idea. Now, the day before in Trenton, he had said he considers himself only the humble instrument of the Almighty in this task before him. And of his flag-raising, he will say as well, I could not help feeling, as I have often felt, that in the whole proceeding I was a very humble instrument. I had not provided the flag. I had not made the arrangement for elevating it to its place. I had applied a very small portion of even my feeble strength in raising it. 
in the whole transaction, I was in the hands of the people who had arranged it. And if I can have the same generous cooperation of the people of this nation, I think the flag of our country may yet be kept flaunting gloriously. What is at stake here is Lincoln's way of seeing himself humble, yes. Indeed, his arms were anything but feeble. Also at stake is his stoic courage. The people in Philadelphia noted later how very calm and without alarm or fear he was when told of this first assassination plot. More at stake is this. In the religious mind, a consciousness first found in traditional people, the world of profane things, of stone and tree, is filled with spirit. Something more, something else, some power that makes things be. This force is what makes some things sacred, the very power of life to be made real and present. The cosmos can show the holy, and the holy is what is most real, most valuable, most powerful, most full of being itself. In these moments in Philadelphia with Abraham Lincoln, there are things in American life that he saw as sacred, the flag, Independence Hall, and the Declaration of Independence. The religious mind knows that they are just things, and also more than just things. It is this religious feeling, first found in ancient people, making the secular and profane world sacred, that can still, in the minds and hearts of those who see and feel such things, be a light to live by and honor down to the latest generation. This is Duncan Newcomer, and this has been Quiet Fire, The Spiritual Life of Abraham Lincoln.